0: You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic.
1: the life you have right now, world-class experts,
2: thought-provoking topics, and conversations and tools that are going to help you live the life you really want starting today. So pour yourself a cup of tea,
1: have a seat, and get ready to join Love, Life, and Law of Attraction. Hello everybody, this is Lisa with
2: Love, Life, Law of Attraction Radio on Reimagined Radio. I am so excited today. We are continuing our series of interviews with upcoming hosts for the Reimagined Radio Network. Um, And today we have Ming Chi. She is the money alchemist. And I often say that life is really broken down into three categories. There's relationships, there's health and well-being, kind of that physical area and then there's money. If somebody's going to have an issue, it's going to fit in one of those three, three boxes. And I am just very, very thankful to be here with Ming to talk a little bit about money and energy and law of attraction. So before we get started, Ming, why don't you give us your bio, kind of an intro, a background so that people know what brought you here to this
1: place in your life as being the money alchemist. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here that it's so amazing when I look at my life now because I never believed that this could actually even be a possibility. I mean, for sh- in so many ways. I mean, right now I'm debt free. I'm doing what I love. And in fact, I don't even have to really work. The only thing I want to do is I go to yoga twice a week and I take care of my dog. But Back then, in Christmas 2012, is when I realized my life was going through a major shift. There was a few months leading up to that moment in time. And at that time, my husband was laid off from his job. We were in Southern California, living in a house right by the beach. And he he lost his job there, and his salary would have dropped 50% if he stayed in L.A. That's where we were living at the time. So his job opened up in Northern California and it was a great position it would he would make the same amount of money. And at the time we knew lots of couples, right? They were one of the husband or the wife was working somewhere else and it was, they were working out. So we talked about it and we thought, well, let's, let's do it. Um, let's see what happens. And, you know, and let's try it. So he moved up to the Bay area and, you know, I was visiting him once or twice. It seemed like it was going okay, but, all of a sudden he just stopped communicating with me and the holidays were approaching. Um, it was Thanksgiving. He came home, you know, to see us, but the dogs and I, but I could sense that, you know, I didn't really want to be there. And then Christmas came, which was always the best time of the year for us. He's in fact, I didn't grow up with Christmas. So when we got married, he actually created Christmas for me. So it, it meant a lot to him and me. So, You know, I didn't have a lot of money at the time, but I really wanted to make Christmas special for him coming back. I got a living tree. I got favorite foods. I mean, I just totally went out of my way as much as I could. However, here's what happened. That morning, Christmas morning, before even, you know, he was gone. There's no note. There was no nothing. He didn't take the gifts. I mean, I was just sitting there completely stunned. And it was just like my entire life fell apart. And no, sooner than later, it was like, there I was, you know, $4,000 mortgage, everything that goes with the house, bills, I mean, car payments, I mean, just everything. And I was surviving basically on lean lean cuisines. I was making sure my dogs were fed. And literally, I knew that if I did not manage my vibration, I was probably going to lose everything. So... That's when I had a coach, a money coach, and which was Jeanette Ma. And, you know, I knew, I, you know, it's like I knew I needed to watch my vibration. And I was in this huge contrast. So, but as I just started looking and just doing little things and staying present in that moment and not worrying about how I was going to pay that mortgage, because my brother was like, Ming, don't you think you should figure out how you're going to do this? And I'm like, No because if i do i'm going to go down that rabbit hole and then i'm never going to come back out i was already crying every day it was kind of like you know so i knew so all i did was i managed a little of my vibration little by little and things just started changing for me um i literally didn't know how i was going to make it but all of a sudden it was kind of like my brother texted and said hey you know ming um Alana and I are trying to find a place on the west side. We're thinking of moving back. Could you keep an eye out? And I was like, oh. So my house was big enough, and sure enough, it worked out where my brother moved in. So there was some relief some for the, for the mortgage there. And it was just kind of like all my coach kept saying, you know, things are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I started just telling myself that, you're going to be okay. And, you know, again, looking at my vibration. And then one day my sister-in-law sends me a photo of water pouring out of my house. I was at work. I was, I'm a pharmacist. I was also, you know, Reiki for babies and I had like three jobs going on. And so when I got this text of this water pouring out, I started to freak out and I was just kind of like, Oh my gosh, another problem. But, you know i i tried to basically look at that situation and feel like okay it's going to be okay and i kept telling myself it's going to be okay i got home and my realtor you know who i who in the future i didn't know i was going to be needing her she came in stepped in i called her she was able to get some people out she got me a discount i mean it was it was a miracle that i had enough money on my credit card to pay these guys to fix the leak well later on down the road this fixing of this leak of my house and they realized that when the house was built it was not copper pipes and it was not this it was not up to code so see when we don't know we trust down the road I didn't know this at the time but I was going to sell my house and at that time later on then everything you know came together so later on at 4 a.m. something woke me up and said you know what Ming? get up you need to file for a divorce. I mean, it was clear, clear intuition in my head. It was like, get up. And it was not until I got up to, you know, send a, actually an email to my ex that I said I was going to file for a divorce. So things just started playing out, and it was, I needed, you know, with the money, I knew that I need to get right with my money. I knew I needed to get a good relationship or somehow shift my vibration with money, because I was not wanting to be in this situation anymore. And I started looking at my relationship with money, and I thought, what is going on with money? So I started learning that, you know what, I'm a, I'm a giving person, I love to give, however, I needed to learn to receive. And it was one day my brother sat down with me and said, you know, Ming, I think you need to give yourself birthday party. And I was like, what? And he's like, yes. You know, um, I think you need to practice receiving. And I thought to myself, I'm a pretty good receiver. I think I thought I was. And you would think that, you know, him telling me to have a birthday party would have, you know, made me happier. Whether No, it completely terrified me. In fact, I went to bed crying, laying there thinking, a birthday party, first of all, then I was thinking, well, who would even come? I mean, it's just total fear everywhere. Then I laid there and I started thinking, oh, okay, well, so-and-so would come. My sister-in-law would come. And I started getting, all of a sudden, some people started coming and I realized, yes, you do have friends. Well, I talked to my best friend, Candy, and she was like, you know what, I was going to throw you a surprise birthday party if you weren't going to have one. I was like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. So, you know what, at that point, when I had my birthday party, there was maybe 25 people that came. And it wasn't even about the, the food or the presents or whatever it was. What they did is, starting with my brother, he sat there and he told me why he left me. And everybody just poured out. And I was in tears. But I'm telling you, that was a pivotal moment for me because when I started bringing in and letting in and letting in the receiving, of all of my you know, friends and my family, of how much they loved me, I let it in, I received it all, my life started to completely shift. In fact, I had fired a, the first attorney who was just basically charging me. I, had, I was out $6,000, and basically she had done nothing. So I fired her, and I found another attorney who I wanted to be like-minded. I thought, is there such a thing in L.A., a like-minded attorney? And sure enough, I found one. And the first thing I said to her when I was in her office is, I will, by the time we're done, is write you the best letter of a recommendation ever. And she looked at me, and she was just like, wow, okay. And I needed $5,500 to retain her. I didn't have it. And let, I texted a friend, and she said, do you like this lawyer? And I said, I do. Within my PayPal, within five minutes, I had $5,500 in my account to give to the lawyer. Now, that was a little difficult, right? I mean, you think it'd be easy to receive, you know, $5,000 from your friend. No, it was difficult. And I knew if I didn't accept the money, there was no way I was going to be able to retain this lawyer. So I did, and I set the intention that one day I would be able to pay my friend back. In fact, I have paid her back and given her a bicycle on top of it as a gift. So as all these things kept rolling out, I realized, it was, something was working, right? Something was totally working as my shift with money was starting to happen, and then that's when you know things started coming in. I realized I was going to sell my house. I was ready. My yellow lab, who I kept the house for, she had transitioned. I was not going to leave that house until she, you know, had had transitioned, and she did, and it was peaceful. So at that moment, I was ready to let go of the house, and in comes again my my real estate agent, Michelle and member of the copper pipe. So she comes back into my life and stages the house and does everything. Now get this. I still have all those bills. I still have that mortgage. I'm still eating those lean, lean cuisines. Okay. But there's the thing she comes in and she pays for everything up front for me. Literally everything. I mean, I didn't ask her to do this. She was just like, again, It was just something that literally the universe was just like taking care of all of my needs. So long story short, the house sells. Um, You know, I, based on all the math, right, I was not going to have that much money left over. In fact, I was going to be pretty much, I was going to break even. And I was just lining up with just being grateful for breaking even. And, this is the interesting thing is I came to Washington to visit a friend in Gig Harbor and um, just came up to see how she was. I originally grew up in Washington State, so I thought, well, you know, I want to see what it's like, you know, being back up here. And I went to visit my friend, and I don't know what happened. It was like something was like I had to be here. It was the pull was so strong. I did had no intention of moving, had no intention of ever leaving Southern California, so when I got to Gig Harbor, and it, it just was like, oh, my gosh, there's something so magical about this place. But when I went back to L.A., the feeling was still there. In fact, it was strong as ever. So, you know, I, ta- I had Reiki fur babies. I talked to my business partner. I said, hey, what do you think about Washington? And she was like, you know, my husband told me one day I'd end up back in Washington. Now, I've known her for 20 years. I did not know this about her. And I said, she goes, I had a sailboat built up there. And I was like, wow. So she said, let's go up for my birthday. Let's go check it out. So we come up to Washington for a week. <laughs> in five days, she buys a house. Literally five days. It was just wild. We go back home. Next thing you know, we're, both of us are having to sell our houses, you know, in Marina Del Rey. And you can see all this. Everything just started working out, like, perfectly. I mean, I could not have planned it better. The, her candy's house sold, then my house sold in 30 days, and I, you know, the money I took we came up here to Washington. Everything just rolled, you know, out. And I went and saw a financial advisor, and you know, gave her, so, you know, gave her some money that was left over, and I couldn't believe it. She started crunching the numbers, and she's like, you know what, Ming? I'm calculating that when you're about 80 or 90 years old, you're going to have about this much to live on. And it was a lot of money. And I looked at her and I said, are you telling me that I don't have to work? She's like, well, I'm telling you, you're going to be okay. And at that moment, I went out to my car and just started bawling. And I said to the universe, thank you, universe. And I heard back, actually, thank you, Ming. And that's my story. And sure enough, I know that if I can do this, anyone can do this. And this is what I tell my clients because I have clients that are in very similar stories. And it's like, when we get right, the vibration, the energy of money, our lives just start to shift. What's
2: fascinating about that. I mean, I always kind of laugh. Like if I'm going to hire a weight loss coach, I don't want to hire somebody who's been skinny all their life. I want to hire somebody who's actually been through it. And I think, the, the same goes with a money coach, right? Like, there are some people where money has just always worked for them, always flown with ease and grace. And a lot of people don't like to talk about their difficult money moments. But there's, there's some real nuggets in your story. I think the first one is obvious. It's like when stuff started going sideways in your life, started obviously veering to an alternate path, you, the first thing you did was you said, I need to keep my vibration straight. And I think that is, it's telling in how well it worked out. But I, and it's obvious, but it's, it's a difficult decision when things start getting weird. Like you sort mm-hmm. of feel like you're in great management. you got to deal with what's in front of you and it spins out pretty quick. I mean, Abraham says when, it gets, when it's good, it gets better. It just keeps better and better. Mm-hmm. And when it's bad, it just keeps getting worse and worse. But you made a real strong intentional decision and you got support to keep you, you know, to make that commitment to yourself more solid that you were going to manage your vibration. I mean, I wonder what are some of the things that you did when you hit that crisis point that were helpful in keeping your vibration where you actually wanted it to be?
1: You know, what I did is literally, I mean, I could not think about the next hour. I mean, that's how anxious I, I was. You know what I mean? It was like I was in I was in serious crisis mode here. And when I was I was at work and I'd be working in a cubicle. And so if while I was working, my mind was distracted. But as you know, if I was finished with the consult, I'm telling you, anxiety would start creeping in. I would listen to Pharrell. You know that happy song? I seriously would listen to that song 50 times if I had to. I mean, I did anything that would shift my vibration from going from anxiety just to go to peace, right? Because peace is one of my core values, and it's like if I could not get to peace, then I knew. And I know that if I started thinking wonky thoughts and getting more anxious, things were not going to work. Because I had already seen evidence that if I stay, if I just stay in a place where I'm okay, it, we're not talking about I'm. Happy and joy. We're just talking about peace. I just needed peace that some, you know, that literally if, if my coach says you're going to be okay and it's funny because I tell my clients that now you're going to be okay and you know what they tell me? They said because Ming, you're saying it, I believe you and I'm telling you, that's all she had to say to me is you're going to be okay and and then that's literally I would tell myself you're going to be okay and I was okay, and and here's the thing. it was kind of like I couldn't think about you know the next month, the next day. I would just stay like right here right now, and i'm start- I started just to be very conscious of literally what my mind was thinking, and I think I did that so much for those years, those two years that it trained my brain to do it because I can do it subconsciously now, you know what I mean? But I was a was very conscious action on my part. I even had an app on my iPhone that it's, a, it's called Mind Jogger, and I think it's free. But what it did is it actually – I had it set to go off maybe every 30 minutes or so, and it would go off, and I would look at it, and it would literally ask me, what are you thinking about right now? I mean, I was just so determined that I knew if I would just stay in peace – You know, and I cried all the time. But it was kind of like if I stayed in peace, then I knew I was going to be okay. So those are just little things that I would do. Music was a big part of the show. I have this whole, you know, um, soundtrack. And it's funny because when I listen to it, I still listen to it. I can tell the songs that come on, like Overcomer or, you know, I can tell these songs, they were, you know, given to me from friends or I took the God of myself to encourage myself so I'd play them when I'm driving, you know, I'm on my way to work. I would play it or I'd listen to it while I was working, um, you know, and, and I kept a very, also very small circle. I literally, like I, even like my Facebook account, I just cleared out anybody and everything that I thought was not going to be was not going to be positive because I knew that these things could really affect me at that time it was not very strong so um I cleared out made a very very I made sure I checked my energetic environment which is what I called it you know and um that was another thing I did and I if I if it was when I was at work if people started talking about negative stuff I literally would just walk out I would just go take a walk or I'd eat lunch by myself I mean i or I'd listen, to, I'd listen to coach calls, you know, during my lunch or anything that would keep my vibration kind of positive and up, that's what I would do.
2: Well, and I think that really matters because what you're saying is it wasn't one thing and it, wasn't, it didn't just happen instantly. It was, it was literally almost a full-time job. And I've been there in my life, and i I mean I've walked clients through this process where it's like no your your only job for the next few days, weeks, months, for the rest of your life, really, but for this this period of time it's going to be intense like your every decision you make is going to be about bringing relief, every decision you mm-hmm. make is going to be about being a finding a better feeling place to land and it's not one decision, it might be a thousand decisions during the day that you decide, okay, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to think this, or I'm going to, and when it's rough, it really might be a thousand times a day, but every yeah. one of the decisions moves you in the direction you want to be going faster than you think it's going to, and I think sometimes People think, okay, well, I did my meditation, and we all make fun of vision boards. At least I do a lot. Like I looked at my vision board, you know. I mm-hmm. I, I did tea, and then I went on about my day, and I don't feel that much better. Well, that was three decisions, and really, you might have needed a thousand. Like right, this is a, it's a process that doesn't just happen in the moment. It shifts incrementally, and sometimes those shifts are very small. So small you don't recognize them, but when you keep feeding them, it, it becomes easier. Over, I mean, over right. time, it becomes easier. When you're in the thick of it, it feels like it's not changing at all. But really, if you've got to do it a thousand times a day, when you said I listened to Pharrell Happy 50 times, you know, I don't, I don't know if you were exaggerating, <laughs> but I mean, no, if you've got to listen to it 50 times, you've got to listen to it 50 times. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, it really did. The first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this is good. But, you know, I never really got tired of hearing that song because it really did shift me. I mean, it did. So I still listen to it. It makes me smile. Um, but, you know, I realized, you know, when I had that whole um, the birthday party thing, that and letting in, I realized self-love is so key to manifesting. You know, money is the key to manifesting anything, really. It's just that self-love. It's like realizing that, you know, I am worthy of that money. You know, that was huge for me, too. I mean, everybody
2: thinks they think they're worthy. And yet, when you look around your life, if you're not seeing results that show you're worthy, you may be incorrect about what you're really vibrating I mean, very mm-hmm. few people are just like outwardly say, no, I'm not worthy of love or I'm not worthy of abundance. But I, I think that's tricky. Like people think they will say they think they're worthy when the evidence really doesn't show that. Do you do you see that, too?
1: Yes, I do. And, you know, it's interesting because I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and we, what we talk about is money and actually worthiness comes up a lot, Um I think they don't realize like what you said, what they're flowing, you know? Um, people, I, sometimes I call this the money allergy cause it's like, cause I'm also a pharmacist. So it's a little funny. So it, it's like when you, when you talk about money, people kind of get really uncomfortable or if you ask them to think about money, they start hesitating. Or if they, you start talking about receiving money, you can tell, you can feel that they just want to run, you know? And, um, so it's kind of like I always tell them, you know, if you have a, like a money allergy, you know, you technically could have anaphylaxis. So it's kind of like it's important to look at it. And and so what I do is when I talk to uh, my clients, it's like we look at what, what is it that, you know, then they start to see their unworthiness part. It really um, helps them. Because, you know, once you see it or once you – that's like the whole thing, right? It's like you see it, then – you're already halfway there because you acknowledge it. And I think that's half, half the, you know, work. is just realizing, oh, and there might be a worthiness issue. And the other thing is, you know, one of my favorite stories is when I did come into all that money, one of the first things I wanted to do was to help others that, you know, helped me along the way. And so sure enough, it didn't take long. I had a couple of friends, one of my friends in LA, she was a nurse practitioner, and she was going to be moving, and she needed, you know, that whole first and last month thing. So she needed six thousand dollars to um, get into her new place. And I thought, well, you know, people have been so great to me, um, I, you know, and so I, get, I lent her the money, and I told her, I said, hey, you don't need to even need to pay me back, you know, for at least a year, because I knew there's no way you're going to get have six thousand dollars laying around to pay me back. And she said, okay. And then it wasn't long ago, another friend who was moving wanted $3,000. And I said, sure. Well, guess who got scolded? Me. And and, um, Jeanette was saying, you know, you really shouldn't be just giving out your money. You should be teaching others how you manifested money. Because if you're not lined up vibrationally to the money, they're not going to be able to Keep the money. It's like those lottery winners or whatever. And I, I was actually literally upset when she told me that because I was like, what do you mean? I'm trying to – I'm helping people here, you know? I got a little miffed. and But you know what? She was totally right because to this day, neither of them are vibrationally in a place where they can pay me back. It's been years now. And I, I, I realize now it's like, yeah, I've got to work with you to get your vibration to the right place, not just give hand you money. And then I've seen, you know, people triple their bank account because I'm helping them with their vibration, which is what I got help with. So that was I was one of my favorite lessons that I learned really early on. When
2: somebody's addressing their money vibration, when when they decide what you did, which I think is a pivotal moment in everybody's life, like I'm, I'm going to get right with this. I'm going to look at my situation I'm going to acknowledge that this is a relationship with money and I'm having one that I don't like right now. Um, what would you say some first steps would be? What are the, what's the first, let's say the first two or three steps that somebody might take to really start to turn that around?
1: I think like you said, it's um, it's just making that decision that you want to change your shift with money and and then it's like you don't even have to even talk about money So a lot of times I don't even I'm not talking to my clients about money we're not going to even look at money what we're going to do is I'm going to have you look at do something that lights you up what gives you joy and it doesn't have to be money related because obviously if I'm working with you we're trying to you know create manifest money so first thing what lights you up is it nature is it running is it cooking dog walks, right? Is it hanging out? Is it music? And I tell them, whatever it is, do more of it. Just whatever that is. For me, it's like hanging with my dog. It's yoga, you know, meditation. I love those things. So I continue to do them. Um, The second thing I tell people is just to flow a little appreciation to where you are. You know, for me, when I was at my job in my cubicle, it was literally one day I wanted to get out of there, you know. I just I wanted to do something else. I wanted Ricky Fur babies to make the money. It's just but one day I was sitting at work and I said to myself, "Okay, Ming. Maybe this is what you're supposed to do. Maybe you're supposed to be a pharmacist and it's a good thing. You're helping a lot of people. You always wanted to heal people. You're healing people this way." And I just basically said to myself, "Okay. I got okay." And I let go. I literally let go and I just said, "You know what?" yes, maybe I'm, I am just supposed to be here and it's paying the bills and maybe I'm just supposed to pay bill after bill, but the money comes in, you know, my paycheck comes in to pay my bills. And I thought, okay, but uh, that's okay. And it's, I tell kid you not, Lisa, it was literally, I don't know, maybe within a month or two after I'd made peace with where I was at is how I got released. I didn't plan that. I just, now I looking back, I realized, you know what, I just made peace. So I always, Tell people just wherever you are in life, just look at what you have and just flow a little bit of appreciation towards it. That's all. Just a little bit. Um the other thing is I tell them, you know, you're supported. We're all supported. We have a divine team. We have I mean I work with the metaphysical, so you know, we have our angels, we have, you know, all our guides. Um and even that help us, you know, with money. Um and then I encourage people to not be attached with how the money comes. That's the biggest thing because I always tell, let's not, let's just make the intention that we don't care where our money comes from as long as it comes, right? We, usually people are attached to, okay, it's got to come from my clients. It's got to come from my job. It's got to come, you know, we, have, we, we think we know where our money needs to come from. But when I release that thought, I just say I always get paid or money's always coming. Then money just started coming in all kinds of crazy, magical ways. So, those are a few things I, I tell people to do right in the beginning. You know, that doesn't really have to do with money, but it brings in money. And I take a deep sigh.
2: Make peace <laughs> with where you're at can be the hardest thing in the entire world to do
0: if you mm-hmm. feel
2: like things are tight or on fire or
0: urgent Mm
2: -hmm. like urgency is is the kryptonite of manifestation I think but just that willingness to look around find what you've got to be grateful for take an inventory of what's actually working which there are lots of things working I mean no matter what's happening there are still lots of things working and make peace that is it's doable, but it's a tall order, I think, sometimes.
0: It is.
1: It is, for sure. I mean, I it took me a while to finally even get there. You know what I mean? And it's something that you, for me, it was something that I couldn't pretend. I mean, I know you can, you know, we can, I mean, I probably tried making peace or pretending I was making peace, but when I did it that day, I felt something shift inside me. Maybe it was like you, like you, like you said, it was just this big sigh. It was just kind of like, okay, fine. You know, it's almost like, or you're like, I surrender, or I give up, or I just, I don't know what else to do. And then I was like, okay. But you know, the interesting thing is, at my job, when I did that, things got better there too. All of a sudden, I got dual monitors. They brought them in. I got ergonomic furniture. I was just like, a hawk started visiting me. I mean, it was just just, just crazy. So I, when I started seeing evidence of that, We got this was before we even had cubicles. Then cubicles came in, and I had this little private cubicle. I actually liked it. I brought crystals in, you know, decorated my own little space. And not to say that it shifted so much, I wanted to stay there, but I'm just saying. But you know what? I got right with my work, and it shifted there too. So it was kind of made me laugh when they brought in those dual monitors. I thought, well, this is kind of cool.
2: Well, and again, it didn't happen on a dime. You kept working it. You kept working it, and you were committed to that process of working it, which, I mean, like any relationship, as a relationship coach, right, your relationship Mm -hmm. to your vibration, your relationship to your money, relationships rarely happen in one big decision. They -hmm. they are a moment-by-moment commitment to doing what's best for that relationship.
1: Right. Exactly. You're right. It is like a relationship. Totally. And, you know, funny when you mentioned that, I started thinking about money as a relationship. I started saying, hey, you know what? I started thinking about my best friend's traits, right? My best friend always has my back. She makes me laugh. We travel together. She doesn't judge me. We have fun together. And I started flowing those exact same feelings towards money, you know? And I started writing to money. Like little love notes to money. I was, I was, you know what? If, the, if there was anything to do with money, and I was going to do it, I was going to shift it. And that was that was another thing I did is I started writing. Well, at work, right? I'm at work. I'm at a computer. I started writing emails to money, and I just started shifting it. Just started believing that money was going to have my back because you know normally I there was always anxiety when it had to do with money. So I started looking at money differently too. That money was was my friend that money was going to help me, that money was is, was going to be my best friend, in fact, you know? And, I, and I, I'm a pretty good friend to have, so I know what it takes to be a good friend. So I thought, well, money could be my friend, too. And I believe money is my friend. I mean, I even sing to money now when I'm in the car. So um, yeah, I think that was good that you pointed out that relationship. So, yes, agreed. So
2: kind of I'm going I'm going to give you a three part sort of in conclusion sort of thing final thoughts like what are some of your final thoughts that you want to leave listeners with today um, where can people find you and tell us a little bit about your upcoming radio show on Reimagine Network
1: okay well people can find me at themoneyalchemist.com um and the radio show is what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be talking uh, say twice, twice a month. And we'll be actually talking about topics, of course, about money and things that we can do to bring money in, get right with money. Um, and if there's any questions about money, we can, you can email me at ming at the moneyalchemist.com. I can answer questions. So I think it'll be fun. Um, what I want everyone to do is to feel good about money, that when you hear the word money, I want you to feel good about it and be happy. And Because, you know, in society, you know, money is like sometimes it's not such a good word. I want it to be a real positive, affirming, happy word in your life. And I want to help you all bring more of it into your life because there's enough for everybody.
2: Amen to that girlfriend. I, <laughs> I will just say, like, my final thoughts, that, for me, was probably the biggest shift with money. I don't know how forever, for a long time in my life, and I wasn't actually aware of it. When I thought the word money, it automatically resonated as money problems. Mm. Rather than feeling good about money. That is such a pivotal and transformational shift. That Yeah, it's huge. And I think your show is going to be incredible for helping people get there. So thank you so, so much for being here today. And we're all looking forward to hearing more from you. Great. Thank you, Lisa, so much. Thank you, everybody, for turning in. I will be back on Thursday. Um, we are going to be talking about three basic LOA hacks for relationships. I think they're so basic, they often get ignored. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you all then. There is no choice in life that will have more impact on your happiness than who you choose to share it with. Everyone wants to find that one big love. However, most people are looking for that love kind of like they would play the lottery. Finding great love is not a game of chance. Score Your Soulmate by Lisa M. Hayes is a by-the-numbers guide to finding the love of your life and creating a life you love. Score Your Soulmate is a step-by-step soulmate finding formula that anyone can follow. What you will get along the way is a swoon-worthy life you'll want to share with that perfect someone. You can find Score Your Soulmate on Amazon or your local bookstore. Get your copy and start your journey to happily ever after today. for joining us on love life and law of attraction we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you back here next week for more information you can find me at lisa